Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Chef Adam Doris coming up in a little bit, but first I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's the editor and publisher of SwankyMaven.com. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I'm good. How are you doing, E? I'm good. I posted a picture on my Instagram stories of the two of us together at a wedding this weekend, and a devoted What's Eric Eating listener messaged me to tell me that you are his favorite co-host. Well, duh. I keep telling you that. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's super sweet. Let me be modest. That's super sweet. Thank you, devoted fan. I think, you know, we do radio really well. Radio podcasts. Yeah. You know, this kind of works. Yes, we do. We do this podcast well. And recently you have added Houston Matters, uh, the full menu segment with me to your repertoire. So, yeah, you're a... You're a emerging radio superstar. I am. You know, I'm living my best life. Y'all keep giving feedback. <laughs> All right. Let us, uh, let us move on to the news of the week. Topic number one, a gigantic new patio bar is coming to the area near Memorial Park. It's called Memorial Trail Ice House. Uh, John Schaefer is the, is one of the owners. He's the person I met with. He is not shy about what inspired him to do this. Uh, he, he's a big Kirby Icehouse fan, and he, he saw how successful that concept has been. He saw how successful Axelrad has been, and he found a historic building near Memorial Park to do his own version of it. Uh, he's got some help in this. He's, going, he's, found, he's got a whole bunch of local investors that are helping to, to fund this. And he has retained the ladies of libation, Lori Harvey and Chris Sowell, to, Love them. to help him uh, figure out the bar stuff. Like not just not just what to stock, but how to design the thing so that right. it flows well, train the employees, create the recipes, all that. So I put, just put it all to you. Sometimes it feels like we've reached peak patio bar. That there are as many patio bars in Houston as we could possibly need, but how do you how do you feel about Memorial Trail Ice House? So I'm excited about it. Um, to your first point, have we reached capacity? We have not because if if you go down the street, like you're saying, like you go down like in the Montrose area, patio bar stuff, 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 patio bar stuff, 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 they're all going to be packed. And if they're not packed during good weather, run the other way and they probably need to re rethink their concept. Okay. Right. Because <laughs> I, I would have said a year ago that we might have reached peak patio bar and then present company opened and it's been slammed. Right. And then I would have said, well, okay, so that's interesting. But then, you know, 77 degrees opened and it's a rooftop patio bar. So one of the reasons I think this is a good idea that I'm with you on the prospects of Memorial Trail Ice House is because most of the bars in that area are, I use the word shiny, clutch, Mm -hmm. concrete cowboy, kung fu, handlebar. They're all on the, on the spectrum. They're more like nightclubs. Right. And less like just like chill hangout bar. Exactly. Yeah. This is kind of like, I think they want it to be like the whole community kind of hangout and, when I think of um, like an ice house and these patio bars, that's what I want. I want to be able to, you know, maybe I go before I go somewhere. But for the most part, I just want to go chill, hang out with my friends, maybe watch the game if that's a kind of thing that they offer. That will be a kind of thing that right? they offer. Like people Play watch. cornhole. Yeah. it's So I don't think in as many crazy hot days and things like that we have, we have equally um, the same amount of great days, and we live for patio weather and to be outside at patio bars. So I think it's very smart. And one of the things that you were saying that, you know, he's 
played on the success of these other patio bars, but he was very smart where some people are not, where I'm like, some places are empty opposed to places being crowded. He's consulting with people that know what they're doing, how to design the bar, how to be successful. So right out the gate, he can have success. Great location. So I'm excited. Those are my girls. I know they're going to put it down with the cocktail and beer program. So, you know, patio, what else you want? Yeah, they're going to do they're going to do beer obviously, cocktails, frozen drinks. Yeah. You know, I was reminded of how good they just put in a cocktail program at Buff Burger and one of them is this like slushy watermelon flavored something. It's just like I could drink six of those, <laughs> which would not be a good idea because then I would not be able to drive myself home. But, but they're just so refreshing, you know, not too sweet, not too tart. So, you know, Lori and Chris have a really good they sense get it. of the kind of yeah. things people want to drink. And I, I know whatever they do at Memorial Trail will build on that. So right. that will, that will make it appealing and then just that big sprawling, they've got a half acre backyard, you know, that's, those are the places people want to hang out in. I mean, yep. we've seen it at Axelrad, Kirby Ice House, Truck Yard. They just, people are drawn to these open spaces where they can just linger and maybe play games, have a couple of beers, gather with friends. It's, they're very comfortable yep. and they're very welcoming. And I think as long as Memorial Trail keeps that vibe it's going to be a huge hit yeah i do too i'm excited i can't wait to check it out um you know my concern is always parking but you know what i won't even worry about that i'll just be excited right now about so, the whole thing so 80 spaces right now hey like, that's and then they have their this is something they're very focused on there's there's some possibilities for additional spots depending on there's adjacent property that they may try to lease access to. There's some other. Anyway, so See, I like that. They're See, very he's thinking focused on about, it. It's, there you go. He's thought about the bar program. He's thought about the parking. Everything that would send people somewhere else, he's thought about it. So I'm extra excited. Part, I didn't even know about the 80 spots. I'm super excited now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with You're me. welcome. I'm happy to help. Because you know me in the whole parking situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Topic number two, speaking of restaurants in and around Washington Avenue, Federal Grill is on the move. They will open a second location next year in a medical office building in Hedwig Village. Mm -hmm. Felice, let me, just, uh, let me just throw this to you. Are you a Federal Grill fan? I'm not. Um, I'm not anti-Federal Grill, but... I've gone there like maybe once or twice. Okay. I'm just not, you know. But but the new location, I think it's great because it's needed in that area. Because, you know, that's kind of my stomping grounds over there. And so I think that they will be received well and do well. Yeah, I mean, I won't say that I'm a Federal Grill regular, but I kind of admire what the owner, Matt Bryce, has built you know, he took that place. It was it was Branchwater Tavern, which right. was this kind of cutting edge, very foodie spot in the early part of the decade. He bought it about six years ago. He had a French restaurant called Bistro de Ami. And now that's the Roma space. This is all overlapping. But anyway, so so Matt took over took over Branchwater. Gave it kind of a comfort food, like a kind of classic southerny American menu. Kept the the best part of Branchwater, which was the unbelievable whiskey selection. He's built on that. They do whiskey dinners, they do whiskey tasting, they have flights. So they've they've really become a home for serious whiskey drinkers. Food is consistent. Restaurant is busy. This is the kind of place that, and, and he's taken enough time to kind of figure out like what they are and what they're not, right? right. They're not a cutting edge, chef driven, buzzy, you know, Eater 38, Allison Cook Top 100 kind of restaurant. Right. They do a really good job for their neighborhood. The food is a fair price for what you get. 
they they deliver great service. I know, uh, you know, Matt Matt's always fond of saying, you know, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Exactly. Right. And I think that's for me. That's it. It's a neighborhood spot. So that's why I'm like, no shade. That's not my neighborhood. That's not my right. You know, it's not my. So if I'm going to meet someone, if that's not their spot, no one ever says let's go there. Right. Like they're wanting to. So that's the only reason I don't get there more. Yeah. So. Right. But in the Memorial Villages, you know, it's going to be kind of near where a good company kitchen and cantina is and right. good company barbecue. It's not an area with just, a you know, Jonathan's the rub is, is right, right around there. So, you know, that's maybe why I'll probably go more. I may go more because that's there's I'm always in that area because I live out that way. So. Right. Right. So. So maybe the comfort, like, you know, the comfort food thing may be pretty familiar within the boundaries of the neighborhood, but nobody has that kind of whiskey selection. Right. There. And so I think this is this is a no brainer for Matt. Certainly yeah. a good opportunity. And for people who like you, you know, if they live in the Memorial area or in West Houston, haven't tried Federal Grill, this new location, I think, will draw them in. Right. And as you're saying, it's a neighborhood spot. Um, folks in that area love neighborhood spots, love being loyal to the neighborhood. So it'll be this, it'll uh, morph into the same kind of thing. All right. And then topic number three, four talented African-American chefs, Don Burrell of Culture, Dominic Lee of Puccine, Johnny Rhodes of Indigo, and Chris Williams of Lucille's have teamed up to form the Food Al- Food Apartheid Dinner Series, yes, which will hold a series of collaboration dinners in September. Now, I've had I've I've been fortunate in the sense that I've had three of those four chefs on this show at one point or another. Dominic's been on twice. Haven't had Chris Williams on yet. We're going to fix that next month. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, but just maybe for people who haven't been to Culture or haven't been to Lucille's in a while. What I mean, how excited should people be about going to one of these these pop up collaboration dinners that these chefs are doing? Um, people should be very excited um, for a couple of reasons. Um, you have some of, as you said, some very talented chefs, some of the most talented chefs in the city, and what they're doing, them collaborating and kind of just working together to put their taste together and to bring awareness to because really they're doing this to um, raise money for um, underserved neighborhoods that can't get fresh foods and things like that. So beyond the fact that it's a good cause, you're getting to eat very well. You know, um, Chris, it's just very well traveled. He's always early in the Lucille's days. You know, you saw Lucille's be one thing and then Chris, you know, add some of these flavors from his travels and in the recent years kind of dial it back a little bit and go back to the things that they started out doing that people loved and just kind of maybe doing these special dinners and all that. So you got that going on. Right. So, I mean, Chris is, Chris is someone who's worked, you know, in and out of Houston, Mm -hmm. in Europe, traveled to Asia. So it, you know, Lucille's can do a dim sum style brunch because Chris has that skill set. But certainly known for that kind of southern food. Exactly. You know, maybe the best shrimp and grits in Houston. Right. He does that fusion, right? He does it very well where you're like, wait, right? Chef Dominic does that as well. Right. Chef Dominic does that. New Orleans, New Orleans boy. Right. Uh, worked for Kieran, so understands all those Indian flavors and spices. You know, Don is working within the realm of Caribbean and African flavors. And, of course, you know, Johnny's is as hot a Houston chef as exists right now right, with, the, yeah. with his own interpretation of kind of African-American culinary traditions. So four very creative chefs, four, four very talented chefs, and what they do together should be pretty exciting. It is exciting. And one of the things is you can, um, like each, there's four different events. And if you want to go to all the events... You can there's like a, a a bundle ticket where you can just get a bundle. Yeah, you save and, like fifty bucks. Right. So I think um, I think it's a great cause. I mean the the final wrap up is like this big block party. Yeah, a big block party at Indigo, and the the whole point of this is to raise money to bring fresh food to Trinity Gardens right. 
in surrounding neighborhoods, they are food deserts, which means they don't have access to grocery stores or farmer's markets that sell fresh food. So this, the idea is to bring fresh, wholesome food to an underserved neighborhood and just to inspire people to, to eat a little better. So right. they're going to actually, which is interesting, they'll take the money at the final event. They're going to give the people in the neighborhood, they just come and they're just going to give them the yeah, fresh fruits food and vegetables and basically. fresh and fruits and vegetables yeah. there. So I think that's great. I think it's a good cause and good food. Yeah, the food's going to be really good. <laughs> right, so why not? All right, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Police, for our restaurants of the week, we're going to talk about a new Italian restaurant, and then we're going to do like a little food hall catch-up because there's been all these new Two new food halls have opened in the last few weeks, Understory and Bravery. Finn Hall is still around, Conservatory is still around. So we're gonna we're gonna break that down for the people in a in a brief way. But let's start with Warehouse 72. This is the evolution of Spaghetti Warehouse. It just opened up in the Marquee Entertainment Center. You know, just from jump, I think, you know, Warehouse Spaghetti Warehouse was very casual, very affordable. You know, it was near UA. It was in the northern end of downtown, which depending on your sort of personal uh, habits or social situation, you might think of as near UH downtown. You might think of it as near the courthouses or you might think of it as near the Harris County Jail. Right. Depending and on how you live your life. Depending on how you live your life. And we're not, <laughs> we're not here to judge, but, uh, very affordable, and frankly, uh, when I was a student at UH Downtown a few years ago, not very good. So, obviously, with Warehouse 72, they've stepped things up a little bit. The interior looks great. It's got all these beautiful murals on the walls. They hired Jaime Salazar, who had been at Brasserie 19 for a long time. And if I had to say, well, let me see if we're on the same wavelength. I'm going to ask you, okay. what restaurant do you think they are most trying to be like what Italian restaurant in Houston? Do you think they are most trying to be like at warehouse 72? Hmm. Let me think about that. Cause I was a little frustrated a little bit. So, um... Oh, okay. Cause I had a really nice, I went, so I went for lunch, you know, I got, I got spotted about 10 seconds after I walked in the door they were very welcoming, very accommodating at, at a really nice, at a really nice seafood risotto. Uh, mm, my friends had, you. my friends had, somebody <laughs> had, somebody had a roasted chicken that was okay, really nice. And then that. somebody else had the, the four cheese ravioli that she absolutely raved about. Yes. Okay. So I had a, a very positive dining experience there. So, so to answer my own question. Yes, because since I'm like, I've stumped you, yeah, you did stump me. I'm like thinking, let me let me go to you know butterflies and rainbows real quick. All right, <laughs> all right. So, uh, upscale Italian, open kitchen, uh, pizza pasta. They're they're trying to be north. Oh. They they so I wouldn't have said they, north. They want a little that, of yeah. that North Italia vibe, which makes sense because that has been a very successful series of restaurants yes. across the country and the Houston North is the most successful North. That yeah. is a, is a very high grossing establishment. So now I, I don't know if the marquee entertainment center is the place to put a restaurant that aspires to be North, but that's the, I talked to the owner, Doug Pock. That's the, that's the benchmark. And that's, that's why, benchmark. and Jaime comes from, and Jaime's got that great background from B19. So he understands who his uh, customers are. And anyway, so, so tell us about your experience, which obviously was not, <laughs> not as successful <laughs> as mine. So um, I'll agree with you all. It's a beautiful restaurant. Um, I think, let me back out. So let me tell you what my, I would have loved to try the food. Um, I went, I had an appetizer, which was, I had the roasted oysters, which were delicious. I tried a signature cocktail. 
um, I think it was called like the black lipstick based on these murals that they have that are actually like themes throughout the, the space. And it's a little bit, get there around seven. They were out, they were out. This is what I was told. They were out of salmon and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'll get the ribeye. Of course they're out of salmon and ribeye. I'm like, wow. Okay. So then I'm like, it's there's no way that you're and I'm it's not busy so, right. so, so what are you right so so what do you have <laughs> what do you have and I'm like y'all aren't busy so that means y'all didn't order enough something happened like it's a rookie mistake right they, well this, it is a new <laughs> restaurant they are participating in Houston restaurant weeks that's what so, I had hoped. So I suppose that it's possible they just got rocked over the weekend. And when you walked in there Sunday night. That's what one would hope. They were spent. That's what one would hope. But no. And I'm just like, hmm. So he's like, well, do you want red snapper? I don't. Like, I, I don't. I can't eat. When I have in my mind, I'm like, I can eat these things or these things. So that's fine. I'm going to eat the oysters. What happened was they didn't order. They didn't order enough. I'm like, well, yeah. you know. So um, They're a victim of their own success. Exactly. And so here's the problem. If I'm I'm thinking, will I go back just as my regular customer? You, you anticipated my next question. Right. So probably it'll be a minute because that location. Right. So they already are going to deal with loca- the location is not the best location. Um, people would think it is, but it's not. It's hard to access, number one. And it's the marquee. Like, it's people don't really just go there. It is not a dining destination. <laughs> it's not. And it is not known for having nice restaurants in it. Now, there are plans to kind of renovate the marquee. Right. And I don't know. You know, I would never I would never disrespect the other restaurants in that center because one of them is a big advertiser on ESPN 97.5, our beloved uh, sister property here at Gal Media, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insult the other restaurants. At, right, but not a fine dining. Right, but not, not fine dining. Right, right. Yeah. right. North isn't yeah. Boulevard Place. That makes sense. That's a good match of restaurant and neighborhood. Yeah, the marquee. But you know, again, across from Memorial Villages, right? It's a very affluent area. Spring Branch is very up and coming, so. They could be maybe just a little bit ahead of the curve and the neighborhood as more young professionals move in might catch up to it. And so I agree with you. So if that's the case, again, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're new. You can't make rookie mistakes like that. Like, no, right? that's like, especially during Houston <laughs> restaurant weeks, right? Can. Nobody, nobody forced you to participate in HRW, but the implicit contract of participating is you have to have all the menu items available all the time. All the time, right. And at the beginning of dinner service on a Sunday, right. I'm like, you haven't even gotten into your dinner service yet. So that means you didn't order enough for the weekend or didn't have enough. So um, I'll go back. I'm just going to give them a chance to work through all of that so I won't be frustrated again. But um, I love the location. My drink was good. It's really pretty. It's really pretty. Try the seafood. Next time, seafood risotto. Just okay, so you know, I should have probably texted you to see what should I get, and right. hopefully they they're out it. of the salmon and the ribeye. What should I? <laughs> what of what's left should I order? Right, and cross my fingers. But yeah, so all right. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about is these general kind of food hall. We've we've talked about the food halls individually. I don't know that we've actually talked about understory, and well, we've talked about the news about understory. We haven't talked about dining at understory. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the new. Bank of America Tower uh, on Capitol Street at it's between Travis, Travis and Milo. Yes. So, and then that's that's the newest one. Bravery Chef Hall opened a couple of weeks ago. We've talked about that on the show. Talked about Finn Hall quite a bit on the show. And then there's Conservatory, which is kind of the OG, the OG. downtown food hall. So, you've now been to all four. I didn't get to, to Bravery because oh. they were... On Sundays, I was trying to go yesterday. They yeah, go, they're they 11 to dinner. 3 yeah. on Sundays, yes. All but right. I have enough like intel that I think I can have this conversation. All right. So of the three that you've been to, do you have a favorite? I would say 
I'm going to go with the OG. Right. What about so? What about conservatory? Do you think? Um, I like, and they all have a different vibe. So that's the thing. They do. I like. I like the vibe of that. Um, I just like you know, it's just real casual. Um, I can go later on. It's. I like the location and I like the offering. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're spot on with all of that, right? Conservatory yeah. is kind of at the southern end of the Main Street Bar District. So it's a very convenient, you know, if you're at Bad News or Pastry War or Bovine and Barley or any of those, and then you want food at the end of the night, Conservatory right. is there. It's open late on the weekends. Or you can start your night there. You can get a little food, right. and then you can hit the bars. So Right, it's a pop-in, pop-up, pop. Right. Very convenient. Right, very yeah. convenient. Right. And it has some things that are a little bit, well, I won't say strictly unique, but, you know, there's no other location, right? El Burro in the Bowl, it has barbecue. None of the other places have barbecue. It has pretty good Vietnamese food. Our pizza is nice. It's got that great wine bar. Right. It's got the draft beer. It's got cocktails. So it, and it's got a poke shop. So between right. those, you feel like you can get a good variety. Right. Even in whatever time you go, like, cause I've, I've gone like breakfast ish. And then I've I've gone at different times and I still have a good feel, right? Yeah. Next would be understory. Right. I I am really impressed <laughs> with the design of understory yes. because it's got those big windows. So even though it's in the tunnel, it's got those big windows on the first floor. And so it has a lot of natural light. You don't see that in the tunnel. It's got the artwork, it's got games you can play shuffleboard you can play ping pong a couple others right it's very inviting it's, it's not like you're downtown inviting. houston anymore like you're saying it's not like you're in the tunnels right, right. like it's right for and all practical purposes it seems like it's a freestanding like independent even though it's not right. but it seems like you're out of the tunnels right and it's very expensive and it, it does so the one thing it has is attached parking so you can park in the garage I went to, that's what I wanted to talk to. I was going to say oh, that. Oh, because I went during the week. You could park for five bucks for the first hour, 10 bucks for two hours. Yeah. So it was $20 for me to park yesterday. Ooh. So I would say they're, you know, on the weekends. They got to figure that out. They have to figure that out. I'm like, are you, because I, I drove around two or three times. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll park in the garage. And three hours later, I'm like, no, I will never park in the garage again. So they're going to have to figure that out. So tip if you're going on the weekends till they figure that out, just drive around till you can get street parking because it's going to be expensive. Right. So they now they do have a decent amount of street parking in that area. Yes, they do. Uh, I just gave up too quick. I think. Yeah, really? maybe or you just or or let's be real, <laughs> it's really hot outside. Right. You don't want to be more than a block or two. Right. All right. So what? How about your food experience? At understory. The food was, um, I think they have a wonderful offering. And, um, you know, it was just like I've went to the regular restaurants, right? Like um, Mona, killing it, killing it. It's, everything is fresh. They're making it fresh. Right. They have the fresh pasta. The fresh and then pasta. They, put the, they put the toppings and the sauces in right in front of you. Right, right. And then you have um, Flippin' Patties there, you know, the food truck. This is their second brick and mortar. They're great. Um, Ninfas has um, their right. spot there. Right. The first the first location of Mama Ninfas Tacos y Tortas. Yeah. A new fast casual concept. Yeah. And then um, East Hampton Bay, they just figured right. they just weren't going to show up for work yesterday. So I can't um, comment on a, them. You had a tough food day. No. Like I was, everyone was there like, I go, have they opened yet? And they're like, yeah, they just, they didn't come. They I just said, didn't show up. They just didn't show up. Okay. All right. Seaside Poke. And Seaside killed it. And I got a little offering from everybody. So okay. I would be able to, I'm like, it's just, and they, they're killing it. Like they are killing it. They're like during the week. Right. Now the other nice thing that Understory has that at least is unusual for the tunnels is a cocktail bar. Yes. Right now, all of these other all of these other food halls will sell you cocktails, of course, but but and their bar's kind of like a way, like it's yeah, kind it's, of it's like its own space, its own space, yeah. Uh, 
Not that I would advise most downtown office workers like, hey, if you need a drink at two o'clock in the afternoon. No, see, I would. I would. But you like, might. Your boss is on your nerve and you don't want to loot. You know, you may just need to sneak down there, get a shot, get your head right and go back to work. That's right. That's, hey. No judgment. No judgment at all. All right. And then. All right. So then Finn Hall. Where are you on? Where are you on Finn Hall? Because I. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit out. So now I, I, you know, I think, so the one thing I think, so there, there are a couple of things I think Finn Hall does really well, right? It's, it's got a great location. It's at the intersection of the East West light rail on Rusk and the North South light rail on main street. Right. So I think, I think from that perspective, if you're a light rail rider at all, or if you're, you know, going to an Astros game or going to, Going to something at NRG, like it is, it's a good place to stop before or after. Right. Well, at least before, because they're not, it's not open as late. Right. And then it's pretty. It has, and it's, I don't think it's that, honestly, I just don't think it's that pretty, but it does have, it does have like heavy hitter restaurants, right? It has right. good company, Taqueria, Mala Sichuan, Dish, Dish Society, Craft, right? Craft Burger, like those are kind of the big anchors. And then like, they have Vietnamese food. They have Korean food. There's nowhere else to get no other Korean concepts in any of the other downtown food halls. They have that cool raw bar from the owner of Harold's in the Heights. So they have some things that are unique, at least among the relative to the other uh, food halls downtown. So but, I just don't think that they've, how do you say, I don't think that they've gotten it. Like, I'll use understory. They've been open, I think, soft with soft opening up to now about seven weeks, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Call it a month, right? Call it a month. And they've been they're killing it during the week. Like they're like over a hundred people an hour or something, something sure. crazy yeah. like that. I don't think Finn Hall has seen that kind of. Um, I mean, they have well, busy it did moments, in the beginning, right? right? I think it's. Yeah. I think I think Finn Hall makes sense as a as a lunch destination for downtown office workers. But I think the understory and the understory isn't that far. It's but it's that critical block. Right. Right. If you, you work, can't get through them, you can't. We've tried to. You can't. They're not connected. You have to. Well, not on the up. weekends. Not on the right. Yeah. The tunnels only open. Tunnels only open during the week and only until about five, like six o'clock. Right. The tunnel, the tunnel, they roll up the sidewalks early in the tunnel. Yeah. But. So I but but Finn Hall has the most limited street parking just because of all the railroad tracks. And it doesn't have a garage that's adjacent. It's like a block away and you have to reserve a spot. If you reserve a spot in advance, it's seven fifty. Otherwise you kind of pay as you go. It's, it's more expensive. I, I, and I just feel like the, the food at Finn hall is more expensive than the food at the other food halls. So that when I went to Yong, the, Korean restaurant, uh, two, two rice bowls with meat and seafood or whatever, and two egg rolls. So we lunch for lunch for two, $41, which seems like a lot of money. And then you have to go to the bar and buy the beers and the beers are a couple of bucks more expensive than you kind of feel like they should be. And it's all just, I, I just, it's hard. It's a tough sell for me. Yeah. So I think there there are things about Finn Hall that I sort of respect, but in terms of where I'm going to spend my money, I think that's the one that I'm the least likely to go to. Right. Mostly based on access. Right. Yeah. In and, and, and out. It's harder to get to. Right. Yeah. Right. And then bravery. I think it's a completely. I, I would I don't talk about them in the same because they're it's a completely different concept. It's chef driven, right? Right. Bravery I, is the one that feels the least like a food court, right? And the most like dining in a restaurant because it's anchored by each each establishment is an open kitchen, and the whole point is to sit at the counter and watch them prepare the food and interact with them. Quality's a little higher, you know, from a culinary standpoint. The ambition's a little higher. So it's just a different, you know, I think, I think they all kind of make sense for lunch. I think they make less sense at 
dinner. Obviously, conservatory's late night thing is its own vibe. But bravery is somewhere where I, I could see myself having dinner. Right. And I don't feel that way necessarily about, you know, a sandwich at East Hampton or a couple of tacos at Mama Ninfa's or a poke bowl or, you know, I just, or, you know, but I, but I would make a progressive dinner out of, you know, a pasta starter from Bo Pasta at Bravery, followed by a steak from Cherry Block, followed by dessert from Atlas Diner. Right. And just work your way. Just work your way through. So I don't know, but, but I think, I think different people with different purposes will find each food hall suits their needs at different times, right? Understory is right across from Jones Hall. So if you're going to a performance at Jones Hall, Understory is a no-brainer. Right. You may not, you know, you won't want to walk from Market Square and Bravery. But, you know, it all, so it all just kind of depends. And the best thing about this whole thing, we're having a conversation we have these options, right? Now we have four options with all these restaurants that are local restaurants to Houston. So I think folks should do what we did. You should go to all of them and create an opinion and see, you know, what you think. But we just want to kind of give you what we thought and kind of help kind of help guide your decisions right. as you Where go through it. Where to start. Yeah. Right. All right. But we have we are running way long. So before before you get out of here and I let Adam Doris in the studio, what's going on at SwankyMaven.com? Um, you know, just planning events. Eric and I have Eric is going to be the food expert. I have a bar- barbecue event coming up in October, so stay posted for that because tickets are going to go very very quick. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Police, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'll be right back with Adam Doris. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Chef Adam Doris, currently the consulting chef at Coterie, but he's been the driving force behind a number of Houston restaurants, Stella Sola, Pax Americana, Presidio. He's got some other projects coming up. We're going to talk about all of those things. I didn't even mention Lottie Dottie. You, you're you're a busy man. Well, Adam, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, Eric. Glad to be here. Yeah, I I always kind of like to start these interviews at the beginning. How did you enter the world of professional cooking? I entered the world of professional cooking. I moved to Houston in 2007. Um, grown up uh, working in kitchens, <clears throat> little small like mom and pop joints, pizza places all throughout high school and college. And um, grew up in northern Oklahoma. It's kind of the land of the culinarily inept. So um, there was never really a viable kind of like avenue to explore as far as a career. Um, I had a girlfriend that got accepted to grad school here in Houston. And I moved here with her and started culinary school and started working as an AM prep cook at the Four Seasons, making soups and throwing eggs against the wall with the rest of the cooks. Is that like back in the like Ryan Para Paul Lewis days or like how far how far back do you go? Paul Lewis hired me on his last week. Okay. So I barely got to work with Paul. Ryan had already left. I think he was already at uh Yeah, he might have been the, at seventeen at, by then. Exactly. Um yeah, so it was kind of a, a changing of that that guard into you know, there's a lot of great cooks that came out of that kitchen for sure. Yeah, and then and then just were you at Voice? I mean, I okay. So, so yeah, where left, did you? I left the Four Seasons to go work at the Hotel Omni, um, and at, was that with Gatsby? At, it was after Gatsby. Uh, okay. A guy named Stephen Musolf uh, took over the kitchen, and he was phenomenal. Um, a real, real talent, based out of South Carolina, but it kind of had it made his name in in Berkeley. While we were operating Noe, um, like his restaurant that he'd been the chef de cuisine got uh, a Michelin star. Um, and I was there for like a week, left the four seasons, started over there. And then like the, I guess the director of operations for the hotel really didn't get along with the, the like style of food that they were doing. Um, cause we were doing, you know, a lot of molecular gastronomy stuff back then. Um, so sous viding everything and trying to put little orbs on the plate. Um, yes, purification. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, you know, he, he got let go. I think. And um, anyway, kind of let the kitchen know, hey, I'm not going to be here anymore. 
Um, and he told me he's got a buddy that he worked for for a long time, which was Michael Kramer, and they had opened up Voice and got a spot over there. Okay, and then so from Voice to Stella Sola? Voice to um, Branchwater Tavern. Okay. And then Branchwater to Stella Sola, and then to Revival, and then to PAX, and then Presidio. Wow. It's been quite a career. It's been good so far, yeah. I, I have to do this. I have to like resist the urge to do the Chris Farley thing. Where I'm just like, man, Pax Americana. That place was so great. You remember that? <laughs> um, but you did. You did really establish yourself at, at Pax. I mean, what what kind of was it about that place? Do you think that that really captured the city's imagination? We're talking maybe like four years ago. Uh, I mean, it was it was small. It was intimate. Um, you could go in there, you know, really at any time and have like a, a cool experience if you just wanted to grab a drink and a quick bite. Um, we made a lot of food that first year. I think we made like three hundred and something dishes. Um, so it was, you know, we we were really trying to push it as far as hyper seasonal, um, you know, local food as far as as we possibly could. I mean, and I definitely drove all my people nuts there, just constantly changing everything. But I think that was part of the appeal is that whereas, you know, we're all creatures of habit and we like to go to certain places because we like to experience a certain thing. The certain thing that people came to PAX for was to try something new. Um, and it, 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 I think it hit, you know. Um, it was, uh, you know, the the opening crew of PAX was incredible and everybody just really put their heart and soul into it um and you know i think that that passion really shown you know to our guests yeah and i think even looking at a restaurant like squabble that's that's got you know this savory menu with paired with all these different breads that they're baking i mean you were buying stuff from common bond doing sort of toasts and bread forward dishes you know it it seems it still seems pretty cutting edge at squabble and and you know at that time it was you were the only one in Houston I think that was kind of doing that and we were buying Drew's bread I mean that yeah, was that right. was it's the, the same thing. idea like we yeah. were we were working with Drew because I mean that was that was a last minute thing too it was like I wanted to have you know amazing bread on the menu and we knew that we wouldn't be able to produce it at that level in that because the kitchen at, at Pax was tiny um, and and our area was pretty tiny to work in so. Um, when common bond was coming around, it was like, Oh, thank God. Like we can, we can actually get some really, really amazing product, um, and not have to kill ourselves trying to produce it every day. Um, you know, I still haven't been to squabble and I, I, I got, I got diagnosed celiac in, in November. So like, Oh no. Yeah. So it's totally changed my life, the way I eat, the way I cook. Yeah. Let's come back to that. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I'm super curious, but, but let's, let's fast forward a little bit. I mean, you. Presidio, I guess, was a more casual, kind of more approachable version of the same ethos. Um, kind of looking back on it, like, what do you think is your kind of your your biggest successes and your biggest challenges with that? Uh, I mean, Presidio was a lot of space. So at any moment... A lot of seating, not a lot of kitchen. A, a lot of seating, not a lot of kitchen. Um, we were like... We had a lot of delusions of ungrandeur of disgrandeur. I don't know what the opposite of that is, but we, we didn't feel like it was going to hit the way that it did, especially at the beginning. We thought that we were going to open up this spot where you could come and see some music and have a beer and, and chill out. And, you know, at the, at the beginning, I mean, we were doing over a thousand covers a day out of that little kitchen. Um, and it was, it was nuts. Um, so I think that, you know, having if that if that place would have been set up uh maybe with counter service and like really you know giving the air of, of it being more casual um we kind of wanted to have this kind of mix of a super casual spot but then also like e elements of fine dining great wine a little more elevated service and it provide it proved to be pretty difficult a lot of the time um you know i've made relationships from that restaurant that will you know be with me forever um, and it, but it was definitely hard. It was definitely the hardest thing that I've ever been a part of or, or had to try to navigate. Yeah, so I guess you, you really have two projects currently. Uh, Lottie Dottie, the patio bar that mm -hmm. you're a partner in, and then Coterie where you're consulting on the menu. Why don't, we, why don't we start with Lottie Dottie because I think 
you know, in the in the initial branding and the press releases, and and I'm responsible for some of that too. But but it was Adam Doris's bar, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not really, or or how 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 would you describe it? I guess I I should I should characterize it. Well, I mean, it was uh, it was a relationship that was built out of you know some of the relationships from Presidio, um, and you know the the owners of Brooklyn Athletic Club had a spot that they were kind of struggling with and wanted to do something new. Um, and so, you know, we stepped in, um, which was, you know, Michael and Taylor Lee and I, um, who were, you know, kind of the, the core group at Presidio, um, you know, to, to provide a new concept. Um, as a bar, you know, it's, it's pretty tough to, to be able to accommodate salaries and, and a lot of people when it comes to, you know, food production. So the goal always was for me to, you know, set up a menu, um, train some staff, give Mike, you know, an, uh, you know, something to keep people drinking there, you know, till late. Um, and it was, it was always intended to be his bar. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, how many episodes of the show you listen to, but Linda Salinas is totally obsessed with your cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep seeing it on, on, on Instagram too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. It's a good burger. I'm, I'm yeah. And I, I had the chicken wings there and there was like this, uh, salsa verde that was new on the menu that was super delicious i mean it it doesn't take much you know and the meat and cheese plates with with a really cool like really affordable wine list i just mm-hmm. um i don't i don't need my patio bars to have like crazy wallpaper and a bunch of neon signs like i just i just want a place to hang out with my friends and i feel like lottie dotty's fulfilling that niche really nicely well good i'm glad to hear that yeah and i mean we we didn't have a lot, a huge budget. We weren't trying to make present company two or something like we wanted to have a spot where you could come and it'd be a little unassuming, but there'd be these things that maybe hit on a, on a better level. Um, it was the first wine list that I got to put together, which was a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, working with, you know, people that I've kind of come up with in the industry that are now, you know, salespeople for different companies and stuff. And, um, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think the bar is awesome. Um, I hope that it's there for a very long time and really fits a little, you know, little area for, for Montrose to enjoy. Yeah. And food every day till like one or two in the morning. Till two. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So let's, let's talk about Coterie because this is your, this is your newest endeavor. You know, I, I remember kind of walking in there when it opened at the end of last year. It's really pretty. It's, it's in this. Mm -hmm super luxurious market square tower i guess i it was kind of a a tough um like i if i lived there i think i'd eat there all the time but i'm not quite sure how it fits into the the downtown range of dining options so so what was it about the project that that sort of appealed to you and what's your kind of goal for it well as we talked before you know i i'd met sean and seen the project right after it it kind of opened um and you know, we, we started a dialogue then, and that was almost a year ago. Um, I felt the same way. It's a beautiful space. Um, it's just big enough to, you know, to accommodate a good amount of people but not be overwhelming for any part of the business, whether that be the kitchen or the coffee bar um, or for, you know, diners in there. Um, and that's what, you know, I was brought on initially to work on menu stuff, and then it kind of, like, blossomed into a full-blown restaurant consultant because I saw a lot of things that, had if they were adjusted that you know i think that we could find some real successes um and that's not just about you know making a menu and hoping that people will just come eat there just because you know it's got to be a full package and that's that's what we really kind of you know shifted to to trying to accomplish um you know as of right now we've actually decreased the hours back um so we're, we're open tuesday through saturday seven to four um focusing on our daytime cafe business um making sure that we're getting Everything's super honed in on the food, on the coffee, on the service. Um, and then we're looking to, you know, reopen Coterie by night, um, you know, starting hopefully in October uh, with a really focused bar program, a really focused, you know, kind of snacky food program for before you go to a theater, before you go to the ballet, before, you know, you may, you know, go out to enjoy some of the amazing stuff that's going on downtown or when you're getting, you know, done from those locations. Um, it's a tough spot for it to be, a, you know, a dinner spot. Um, so many great options downtown now, you know? Yeah. And more all the time now that, I mean, you're, you know, you're a block away from Bravery Chef Hall. Sure. Lyric Market's going to open right behind you. I mean, eventually. Right. So yeah, more all the time. 
And, and, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a great relationship that Sean and I have, and it's a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, I had a daughter a couple years ago and, um, you know, definitely shift my focus as far as like what I wanted to do with my career. It was, it was always very easy to be like, to sacrifice everything and go cook for 20 hours a day. Um, that changed. Um, so now it's kind of like, you know, I have my own little chef station or chef, you know, hall thing going on right at Coterie. And what we're doing is we're making, you know, amazing food from seven to four, um, killer breakfast, really great lunch. Um, and then we'll expand those programs, you know, as, as the, the restaurant expands. Yeah. I, I, I was sort of wondering how to, to bring this up with, with your, your professional focus, because I, it does seem like you're, you're kind of recalculating what your priorities are. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's happening globally with, with people in the restaurant industry. Um, you get to a certain point where you've worked so much and put everything else on the back burner that you kind of look around and go, well, shit, what am I left with? Um, and you know, with, you know, Presidio opening up, you know, I lost my father right at the beginning. I had a month old daughter. Um, everything just went kind of crazy and, and everything was like, okay, well, I really like, look at what, what's going on. What, what am I working for? You know, if, if I'm working just to make food that people like for 15 minutes, then that's, that's one thing. But if I'm looking to, you know, better my family's life, better my life, better those around me, then I probably want to do that more than. Yeah. It just seems like you kind of kept getting your teeth kicked in. I mean, you know, that you, you had these struggles in your personal life and it was kind of hard to find the right mix of Presidio. And then, and then right when it seemed like you were, you'd kind of figured it out and you'd rolled out a new menu. And I know Mike Salmon's had done giving you some ideas for a new direction, the beverage program, like then the fire happened. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough, man. Cause like we had had, you know, I mean, all sorts of stuff just happened with the restaurant with, you know, with, with staffing, with the building itself, um, you know, flooding and and you know plumbing stuff and electrical stuff for you know the two years and then um you know harvey and then you know just brutal summers that for you know a patio bar that has a lot of exposed area it was really tough to get through and yeah i mean it was like the first weekend in october where it was nice the place was full we were all just getting our ass kicked and it was a blast and like i remember i gave like a you know kind of a Braveheart type speech to everyone at the end of the night. We all took a shot, you know. Went, we're like, we're gonna, we're doing it. We're gonna get back on this. We're gonna make this happen. And then, yeah, I get a call at six in the morning from the neighbor. Ugh. Um. So, how do you feel like Coterie's going then? I mean, Coterie's, in this, like, Co- in terms of both, like, from a cooking, like, quality of food standpoint, and also, like, is this working for your life a little better? It really is, yeah, and 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 it's working for the business too. I mean, to to kind of join into this situation where um, they were doing a lot of things right, but also there was just some struggles and you know some things that needed to be corrected. And you know, for me, it's like right now. I mean, the the food's great. Like you can go in there, and, and the, the little crew that I've got, we're vibing really well. We're working really, um, you know, solidly together. We all work the same hours now. We're there creating you know, this food together. Um, and then as we expand, we'll add people to that, that kind of fit into that culture. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can go in there at five in the morning and, and be home for dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I've never had that. I've never had that opportunity in this industry and to still be able to cook the food that I want to cook. Yeah. I was going to say, so, I mean, seems like, I mean, if your primary customer or the people that live above you, I mean, how are they responding to some of the changes? The the the, the tenants are doing are, are loving it. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people that work around you know the area. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good support from from the ballet. Big shouts to to Jessica and Oliver and Connor and Chris. You know, these people that stop in every day. Um, you know, we there's a lot of people around that area, and we're, and we're there to service downtown. There's a ton of people that work and and just kind of exist down there during the day, and so. You know, stop on by, see what we got going. It's it's cool. Yeah. So, are you? And then I know you you mentioned to me briefly that you're starting to work with Frank Freeman on some of the ideas for his. Uh, I guess it's Houston Coffee Techs, right? Is it's H- Houston Coffee Technicians um, starting to to maneuver to uh, Houston um, H Tech Services since we'll be expanding into 
a much much broader um, field. So so yeah, Frank Frank services you know every great coffee shop in Houston, and um, you know if if you're not being taken care of by Frank Freeman and H Techs, like get on it, people. Like if it, you right, if you have an espresso machine and Frank hasn't tinkered with it, like what what are you even doing? Right, you're missing out because um, he's a brilliant guy and and he does really amazing work. Um, yeah, so we're looking to expand his business. Um, to, to build the coffee business, but then also to go into full-blown, you know, restaurant technical work. Um, as, as a chef, I know, you know, what it's like to have a, you know, valuable piece of equipment go down on a Thursday or Friday night and look to be, you know, missing out on that potential revenue from that really key element. So, um, you know, we're really working to build a, a new company that's going to have, uh, you know, the opportunity to um, have 24-7 on-call support, um, warehousing equipment so we can, you know, if we can't fix it, we can just drop something in its place. Um, you know, really looking at, you know, the models of how a, a very large corporation takes care of their, um, you know, independent offices or, you know, their different branches. And, and that's what we're going to be going towards. So are you learning like the, the technical procedures for repairing a, a range or like what's your, I guess what are you what are you doing to, to yeah, immerse so, yourself in this world? I mean, Frank's the technician, and you know I, I've been learning a lot from him as far as you know the inner workings of of the um, the espresso machines. And as we start getting into you know getting certified to work on really sophisticated pieces of equipment, you know combi ovens and things of that nature. Um, but that's him. You know, I mean, what my role would be is more of an ambassador for him um, to kind of bridge the gap between. You know, people that he may not know, that that may not know his company, um, you know, working directly with chefs and, and, and restaurants to, you know, start cataloging what, what equipment is, is being used across the city. You know, what things should we start stocking? You know, how can we go to these auctions that take place and get pieces of equipment that we can fix and have it on call? So if something happens with, you know, something and we can fit in those dimensions, then we can drop something immediately. So there's a big... Uh, you know, there's a five, 10 year plan for it. And we're going to start digging into it, you know, this year. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And then do you anticipate maybe more of these consulting opportunities or, or potentially? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm open to everything, you know, I, 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 I'm talking to people all the time. We're always trying to find, you know, the right thing. Um, that's the main thing for me is like, um, not trying to jump into anything just at an opportunity. You know, it's got to be the right thing. Um, it's got to check all the boxes. Um, I live in the East End, so, you know, I definitely want to be doing things over there. Um, there's a lot of people that are under service over there. Um, and so, yeah, we've got things working. You could open a restaurant. Could, yeah. So you're not ruling that out. With this, I mean, we, you don't necessarily think, like, you've opened your last like Adam Doris restaurant? No, not at all. But I've opened my last Adam Doris restaurant for the time being. I mean, it's right now it is about, you know, family. It's about, you know, building some other opportunities. It's, um, yeah, it's about enjoying my life and my family's lives. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, it's, you know, you, you, you are part of this larger, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, this, this conversation happens around, you know, drug and alcohol use in the restaurant mm -hmm. industry and, and, I'll have what she's having. Well, week is coming up and they're going to focus on, on mental health. But, but this notion that, yeah, maybe you shouldn't work, you know, 80 hours a week and, and immediately go to the bar and do, you know, six shots after, after work. Like, like maybe there is a, a better, healthier way to, to work and be successful in this industry. I mean, I, I feel like you're, you're part of a movement, you know, whether you, I don't know if you think about it consciously like that or not. Well, I mean, I, I see, I, I think about it personally, you know, it's like, I, I got to take care of myself and be there for my, my wife and my daughter and my family. You know, I've got a lot of, I got family that that's here now that's, you know, been battling cancer and stuff for the last few years. Like I've got to be present. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I think that there has been some, some clear, um, kind of leaders in a change of philosophy, um, in this town that, you know, it's, it's about setting, up teams. It's about setting up organizations that people can play to their strong suits and not have to do everything, um, which, you know, is, is really important. I got, you know, some good advice a couple of years ago. It was just that I was like, Adam, you need a team. 
You know, if you're going to continue to do this, like you need a, a, a team around you to really make sure that you can do it, you do well, and they can do what they do well. Um, and I think that's that's a better model, you know, than to to jump in um, with both hands tied behind your back, you know, and, and trying to to get out of it yourself, you know. Yeah, trying um, to, to juggle uh, flaming bowling pins or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know, since I did just get the email uh, today, I saw your. Participating in the butcher's ball again. Yeah, you do you know what you're going to be doing? I mean, that this is. We'll, we'll talk more about it probably as it as it gets closer to October. But uh, one of my favorite uh, food events of the fall every year. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, focusing on. Uh, last year we did the fire dome, and um, you know we we cooked a ton of vegetables and um, chickens and and pig legs and all sorts of stuff uh, on the dome, which is a Francis Mallman inspired you know thing. Um, Tons of fun. It's a, it's a showstopper. Um, yeah, I, I think I probably took like a dozen pictures of it. Um, so we're going to do something, you know, focused around vegetables, probably focused around vegetables and seafood this year, you know. So um, I don't really know if I'm competing. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I'll, you, be, I'll, you, I'll be there cooking a lot of food and having a good time. It's, a, it's an amazing event. Like, um, you know, so many events are, are just fine. And the butcher's ball was actually just a ton of fun, really accommodating. The organization was great. Um, the level of talent was amazing. It was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good vibe and it's nice. You know, they, they get some shifts from, from Austin and from San Antonio. And so, you know, we as Houstonians get to kind of experience, uh, people whose restaurants we don't always get to eat at. And, and it's just a, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to be out on the ranch for, in the, you know, in, in good fall weather. It's like yeah. it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of like going to the Renaissance Festival, but the food's a lot better, and I don't have to I don't have to deal with the uncomfortableness of uh, people who shouldn't be wearing chainmail. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Adam, that kind of brings me to the end of the things I, I wanted to talk to you about, unless you uh, unless you feel like I missed something. No, I mean, come out to Coterie, everybody. You know, if you work, live downtown. Come check us out. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing, you know, uh, breakfast and lunch from 7 to 4, really focusing on our, on our daytime cafe. Um, and they'll be relaunching um, the bar at night, um, you know, starting in October. And, you know, really look forward to, to kind of creating a whole new vibe down there and, um, you know, a viable option for you as you're on the go or looking for a place to chill, you know, late night or after, a, after an event. Yeah. All right. So I always wrap these uh, interviews up with something I call the lightning round. Okay. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Adam Doris, what is your favorite cookbook? Bar Tartine. What is the first band you saw in concert? Van Halen. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Can't eat any of that stuff anymore. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the celiac thing. <sighs> Damn it. I'm a bad interviewer. All right. Who is your... Do you have a favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Nolan Ryan. Good answer. And then, all right, it's tricky for a celiac, but are you still are you still eating pizza? I had the uh, the gluten-free Detroit style at um, Pizarro's the other, the other day, and it was... It's Fantastic. surprisingly solid. It was yeah, really, really good. All right. So, what are your go-to toppings on your gluten-free pizza? Um, I'm simple. You know, I like I like pepperoni or soppressata. Um, if I were to eat, you know, a, I like also like you know pepperoni jalapeno from like Pizza Hut. Yeah, it's perfectly respectable. Um, yeah, in that in that vein, we are doing um, a dinner um, on the 19th of September. Um, me and Matt Marcus, Eatsy Boys, have never cooked together. In any capacity. How is that possible? I don't know. Um, so we're going to be doing a dinner, um, you know, pairing up with eight, Eighth Wonder Beers. But it's also going to be a, um, we're going to basically dive into all the things that I can't eat anymore. And I really, really miss. Um, and so, and, and with how Matt cooks, it's going to work out perfectly. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing, a, uh, you know, a beer pairing dinner on the 19th of September. And there'll be a bunch of you know, press about that later on. We'll, we'll be promoting that. Uh, but that's one thing we're going to be doing at Coterie as well is um, starting at the beginning of September, um, every other Thursday, we're going to be having events. Um, we'll be doing a vegan dinner. 
uh, with Mike Sammons. We'll be doing um, uh, a couple of winemakers from France with Nathan Smith of, of Rootstock. Um, Linda Salinas is coming to do a cocktail dinner. Um, we're lining up a bunch of really cool events. Um, so look forward to those too. All right. Well, give us the website so people can keep track of what's going on at CoterieHTX.com. Awesome. Adam, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at E. Sandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. This is your periodic reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. As always, I appreciate your comments and reviews, but like Katie Nolan says, only if they're five stars and only if they're nice. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.